This is Outside the Boxes, where we explore the labels, boxes and stereotypes we're all forced into. Hello. I hope you're okay. It's been a while, hasn't it? If you are following Outside the Boxes, the podcast, you might have noticed that we haven't had a new episode dropped since the last few months. It isn't because I've forgotten about this. It's just because I've been really busy with my book. So I've been writing a book on the signs of unconscious bias, which is all about the implicit biases that we have inside us. And it is with Bloomsbury. And it's been literally a non-stop marathon session since January. So I found every waking hour, whenever I could, researching and writing and talking to people and experts and collecting case studies and stories and from drawing from personal experiences and trying to structure this book. It's a huge, huge topic. And I do not claim to have covered everything but I hope I've done some justice to it. And it was only last week that I finally sent it to my editor. And the book is now available to pre-order. So if you're interested, I will add a link to the show notes here. It would be lovely to have some feedback on it. And I hope it makes people aware of how these biases are ingrained within us. But I've also taken the time to consider the moral implications of these biases and also how looking ahead, how our technology is shaped by bias. So I have an article in the Prospect magazine. I will add another link here, which I've talked about. You might have heard about the facial recognition cameras. We've just found out that are being used in King's Cross and many other areas in London. And you might not know or you might already be aware that some of the police forces, especially the Met, Uh, have been trialing these cameras as well. So I've written a piece for Prospect, uh, which talks about how these biases are entrenched into these and how how that creates a kind of a dangerous tool for us, a mechanism which can be used for racial profiling and how it affects people of color. And personally, I'm really passionate about this topic, about diversity in technology. So that's something that's a part of my book as well. Another thing that recently happened is that I wrote an article for The Independent. You might, if you follow me on Twitter or other social media, you might have seen that document, a training document was revealed from Citizen Advice Bureau, which is one of the prominent charities. And it it was shocking. It was titled Barriers We, We Face in Training BAME, first of all. I dislike the term acronym BME because it lumps all the people, minority communities together, dismissing their own personal experiences and such diversity within this acronym. And they just kind of lump together. But besides the point, the stereotypes that were in this slide were just shocking and appalling. And you couldn't believe that this was 2019 and this training document was being used until last week. And so when it was revealed, I... I wrote an article, opinion piece for The Independent about how this these kind of practices get embedded in organizational cultures and what it means for people of color, what it means for uh, inclusivity, what it means for the integration of minority communities and how it affects them. But another thing that has been really kind of a highlight for me is being invited to be on BBC Women's Hour. And it has been really a kind of a dream come true because I've been listening to this program for almost 15 years, perhaps as long as I've been here in the UK. And I've always had it 
on on the radio every day while i'm driving or working at home or i just catch it up on a podcast and i i love the show i've always loved the show so this was like kind of a i don't often don't use word milestones and landmark moment but this was truly one of those and when that email popped into my inbox i did a little dance in my office and so i think also because the topic is really really close to my heart it was about how and why we should be talking to children about race and i think they read an article that i had written for huffington post a couple of years ago and i'd been talking quite a lot about it on a twitter especially um about um how we can talk to our children about race some of the books that have we found useful and i've talked about it in my course that i run for parents um which is titled feminist parenting but raising race conscious children is a huge part of that course i was on with jane garvey and uh, it wasn't a long conversation considering what a huge topic this is again but i was really pleased that we were bringing this topic to the mainstream media and we were talking about why talking about race is not something a choice anymore especially in the current political climate and it it is something that no matter what our ethnicity we have to really really it is a re- important conversation that we should have with the children and we really need to think about racism and racial inequality so in this podcast today in this episode i would love to talk a bit more about it because as i said that conversation on bbc women's hour which you can probably catch up on online on their website wasn't a long conversation so there's so much more and since then i've received so many messages from people so many messages and <laughs> some of the messages obviously are really hugely positive and they talk about thanking me and um, agreeing with me about how we need to bring this conversation and give it more air and we talk about it more but there were uh, some people who said that by talking about race i am actually creating a problem and i'm bringing more attention to difference and highlighting it so this can lead to increased racism and i really want to kind of address that but also talk a bit more elaborate on some of the points that i mentioned in the program so the main point that i really want to put forward is that when people say that we should raise our children color blind it's actually we are creating more problems than good because children notice color as much as they notice any other physical distinctions such as height or or hair or style of hair or anything like that or whether the person is wearing glasses or not and the the babies is very young can start noticing these children are not color blind and i will go into a little bit more detail but initially i just want to say that when we say that we are not all the same would it mean that we are not equal no because those are completely different things we are not all the same and that's an important point we are all unique individuals and every child has to know and understand this we are different and still we are equal i think that's a really important point to make no one should be treated differently or have different rights and privileges just because of their skin color or their racial category saying this to our children would actually make them feel more comfortable in their own identity and their uni- own uniqueness and we know that a sense of belonging having a strong sense of self self concept self identity is really important for a child's mental and physical well-being so if for instance uh, we come from a minority ethnic community who is non-white we need to really 
encourage, enable this strong sense of identity and comfort in their own skin in our children. And, and we need to talk about it actively. So it has to be an ongoing dialogue. So every family is unique and every child and every situation and context is unique. So of course, there is no set template to follow. Rather, we have to decide what aspect of race is crucial to us. So if you're a white family or if a multi-heritage family or a multi-racial family as, as norm, the concept that we use or the term we use is it would differ how we bring up race and skin color and what we start with. So in my family, I know that my eldest is Indian and she has dark skin and she spent her early childhood in India where she was the norm. And then she, suddenly she moved here with me where she wasn't the norm anymore so it was a huge shock for her i bet and also she went we lived in areas which are predominantly white and she went to school which were predominantly white as well she felt different but i did not talk to her explicitly about race Instead, I focused on making her believe that she could do everything and anything she ever wanted, that she was no different than that she truly belonged where she was. So I was a single parent and I was a woman of color. I was a young scientist. I was a female in a very uh, male-dominated domain. In fact, I was the first female lecturer, woman lecturer. I mean, leave aside the fact that I was a woman of color, the only woman of color or person of color in that department in a leading UK university. And already I faced that bias or the kind of in insinuations that my appointment was a result of a positive discrimination. And I did not want to bring kind of race into it as well. So my eldest was often the only brown child and teenager in schools and in orchestras. And I focused on showcasing that by being a role model to her, that despite being a woman of color, we can achieve everything that we set our mind to. And then she went to an elite university like Cambridge, where she was again in the minority. But I, as, as over the years, while I was forced focusing on showcasing role models and positive role models and creating a strong woman and being um, a strong belief in ourselves. But by not talking explicitly about race, I realized that perhaps a sense of identity was affected by this and about how she perceived herself. And I talked to BBC Women's Hour and I've written about it, racial profiling. We were stopped at airports several times. We were stopped by police once because somebody thought that we were the only people of color. And so we could be shoplifting. It was just supposed to be a nice day out, pleasant day out. And she was only nine and ten. But since a young age, she knew that if we were going through airport security, we would probably be stopped as opposed to other white people who would be let through normally and never, never stopped. So basically... She realized that, but then we kind of made a joke about it, that this, this is likely to happen. But I did not discuss with her. Obviously, we did history and she knew about slave trade and all the fact about how what racial inequalities are. And I would talk to her. I mean, we had huge political discussions, but I did not speak to her about racial discrimination in a personal sense, because I wanted to protect her from any ugliness. And I suppose a lot of the parents who I speak to, even in my course, they and also in schools and in workshops, I, I feel like teachers and parents and educators also want to protect our children from ugliness. And they, they don't want to bring this across. They feel like that by talking about it, they're highlighting a problem and they're showing our children that, yes, this is a problem. But children are not ignorant children are listening to news children are picking up implicit cues and messages from media and from books and television so 
it's not because we're not talking about it doesn't mean that they are not picking up these messages so in terms of my eldest her sense of self was already in crisis and i did not want to her to feel threatened anymore i didn't want to highlight the fact that because of her skin color she might face any other sort of discrimination although that was happening and i i believe that over the years i also thought that if i didn't talk about my race there was a chance that people could ignore it but that is never the case so as i said i talked to her my daughter about role models of people who were doing amazing things despite their skin color and i remember when she was 9 or so and she had, i took her to see this film akila and the bee in which this black girl wins the spelling bee because she was hard working and as as kind of i try to instill a strong work ethic in her perhaps i have been reflecting a lot about it over the years and especially since my twins were born three and a half years ago that maybe i gave her the message that our indian heritage wasn't that important that it's okay to lose that part of our identity and fit in i also implicitly gave her the message that as a woman of color we have to work twice as hard as anybody to be taken seriously and perhaps by my own actions showed her the model minority myth that we can only be deserving of our place in society if we were high achievers Well obviously she went to good schools had the best education went to an elite university due to a lot of sacrifices on her part and mingled in all white spaces and so she carries some of the privilege that comes with that and that differentiates her possibly from other people of indian origin who do not have the same opportunities i think this is why it was really i've talked about it and written about it, it was really important for me to instill a sense of social responsibility and consciousness awareness in her to make sure that she understands that privilege and to make sure that she understands the opportunities that she had and understand is empathetic towards people who do not have the same kind of privileges and who are marginalized But now my 3-year-old twins are Indian and Scottish and so they bring with them a unique challenge but also some unique privileges because they are white passing and as they are white passing they they have that privilege that some doors might open but in some domains they might be seen as people of color and they might be not perceived as white while in other domains they might be perceived as white so it would be a challenging thing for them as well here for them they go to nursery where they don't have any other non white or even mixed heritage children or staff and so their eldest sister is different from all the people they see around them and i am not the norm and so i have to start talking about race and the indian heritage before they start thinking that i'm different and that they are different or being embarrassed of the indian heritage in some way i talked about this on bbc women's hour that my husband is white and we come from completely different worlds and backgrounds and had very very different childhood experiences so we both have to also confront the unconscious biases that we bring with us unknowingly to our parenting because of our upbringing in our childhood also i believe that by ignoring the indian heritage and past and because i don't speak hindi much at home we don't celebrate many of the indian festivals we live in a very multicultural kind of citizens of the world sort of way and i suppose the norm and what they see around here celebrated and focused on is christmas and easter and all those festivals so and the rituals we were not specially religious so i feel like that by ignoring the indian heritage they will not acknowledge the sacrifices of their ancestors and the imperial past the colonial past 
as, as I said before, a strong sense of identity can only come up from a strong sense of rootedness in the history and in their heritage. They have to see the whole self when they see themselves in the mirror. So history is really important. So how do how do I do it? With my three-year-olds, I've made every effort to bring books in with diverse characters in them and stories from different cultural backgrounds. And we're making a huge conscious effort to do that. And then I realized that there are not that many books, although things are changing. They're still not the norm. There's so many more books with just white, blonde hair, those kind of, and a very kind of standard template of characters. I make an effort and so do my husband and when we go to local library we try and look for books like this we try and bring toys into their lives which are also diverse so not just race we talk about gender quite a lot i've talked about that in previous episodes when i see books story books i just normalize it by saying that this person has brown skin just like your mother or your mummy or the child has beautiful dark brown yours eyes like yours or that child has blue eyes like your papa, they also see us standing up for any prejudice or discrimination very actively. And so they see that. And so hopefully I'm modeling that as well. But I'm trying to introduce more Indian stories into their lives. I bought a lot of books when we were in India last time. And these are the storybooks that my mom used to read to me when we were growing up, all about Indian gods and goddesses. So even though we are not religious, they're part of our mythology. They're part of the these stories are part of my heritage and my culture. So I am trying to bring them into their lives as well so that they, they might just be stories, but they that will help them connect to the Indian past. And as they grow older, we can talk more about Indian history. I know children are watching their parents and carers and educators for how they behave around other people and they pick up these implicit cues and we, even when we think that we are not being any different. But if they see us being awkward or uncomfortable around anybody who looks different, they will pick this up. So it is really important for us to be mindful of how we behave and act. So I talk about it on Twitter recently that when in the local library, a child who's kind of similar age to my twins, she because I am probably the only person of... Indian origin or even like a brown person in the place that we live in and so the child might not have come across anybody who is different and who looks like me before so she pointed at me and said mommy look that she's very brown she's brown or something and she was staring at me and her mother got really embarrassed and shushed her up and I posted it on twitter that this is not how we talk to our children we should talk to them about uh, in a matter of fact way and and this was an opportunity for a parent to strike that conversation and to normalize it. And by doing that, by shushing a child and not encouraging respectful curiosity or enabling or supporting it, we are giving them a message. So I was talking about this incident in the library just now, and you might think that it's a little bit disjointed, this episode, but that's the danger of having little children so it is actually around midnight and i'm sitting alone in my office and trying to record this podcast because it's the quietest time off in our household but my twins just woke up at least one of them did um she hasn't been very well so i had to pause it and now i'm returning back to it so you might feel a little bit of disconnect so i was talking about the incident in the library about how that could have been used as an opportunity and we should encourage children to actually talk about these things and it's okay for them to be curious they they only understand that it's awkward when they see their child 
parents behaving awkwardly or the adults around them behaving awkwardly around it or uncomfortable around it so we, it's really important for us to be mindful of how we behave and act parents need to take stock of the community in which they are raising their kids talk about the racial differences and how people are sometimes treated unfairly on the basis of race and prepare their children to be self-aware smart and safe out there We aren't often exposed to people different than us because due to confirmation bias we often socialize with people who are like us. So children might not be exposed to different perspectives and different backgrounds. And saying that sometimes oh they're growing up in a very multicultural world or their classroom is very diverse doesn't really of make that much of a difference because we need to actively talk to them about it. We need to actively talk about how it's not okay to stereotype other children from a different backgrounds or how it's not okay to believe in these stereotypes. So setting play dates with children who come from different cultures and making an effort, a really true conscious effort to learn about them and their di- without actually assuming that because they come from a different a certain country or certain background they must act in a certain way because in that way we are imposing our belief about a certain culture on a particular person they might not so all people from a different same culture do not behave in the same way do not believe in the same things as well research has shown that passive talking passive engagement isn't enough or just believing that just reading positive biographies to our children are not enough although these books matter these books showing them role models and representation really matters and bringing diverse books really matter but research shows that kids who had been taught about discrimination had higher opinions of black or brown people than those children who had simply been read these books and biographies so it's really important to actively talk to them about it so going back to why is it really and at this question people ask me again and again why do we need to talk to our children about race as i said before children are not color blind they notice skin color and just like and and research has shown that even children as young as 3 start showing preference for skin color that is similar to their parents so already they're forming this sense of preference for certain skin colors and they also show what is called by developmental psychologies essentialism or transductive reasoning so very young children are prone to this which leads them to think that if people are alike in one way example skin color they might be alike in other ways example abilities so if they think a brown child is good at coloring they might think all brown children are good at coloring or if they think that a black child is not very good at football they might start believing that a bl- no black child is good at football so they start associating these skin color with certain abilities and they start essentializing it and generalizing it so they might also think that these racial categories are stable and these labels are stable and these stereotypes are stable and these characteristics are fixed so we really need to start tackling this from a young age and talking to them and understanding what have they picked up from their environment because children are getting all sorts of information from everywhere around them if left uninformed they fill in the blanks with what they hear from teachers peers media society and sometimes and often these outside messages can be preju- prejudicial so kids are learning and hearing about race even if we don't talk to them about it so they might end up coming to a lot of harmful problematic and factually inaccurate conclusions they may pick up the message that whiteness is normalized in the society which it is 
But they might still thinking that white people have this privilege or have better jobs or are richer because they are inherently better in some way, smarter, more beautiful, etc. So when we don't talk to our kids about race, we maintain a culture of white supremacy where white is what's normal and we notice race only in terms of negative attributes. And if we don't talk about a topic actively and we make it taboo, then we are not preparing them to counter any negativity, these kind of negative attributes and stereotypes that they come across a negative labeling. And kids want to conform, kids want to belong. So if somebody, a friend behaves in a certain way, we need to develop that confidence in them that standing up matters. And because research indicates that racial stereotypes in children develop in response to the diversity they're exposed to from a young age, the language they hear, the diversity of their environment, their own group memberships, and the belief and ideologies of the parents, it really, really matters. So as I said before, saying we do not see color does not equate to meaning we are not racist. Because when we say we do not see color, we are often dismissing the experience and invalidating the experience of people and communities who might be racially oppressed and in the past and who are continued to be racially oppressed and discriminated. Race is real and consequences of racism and racial inequality are real and we need to talk about real things with our children. We do not need to hide them from what's real in this world. This is the world they're going to grow up in. In raising our children to be colorblind, we're actually creating more harm than good, as I said. We are not educating our children in the way racial inequalities work. And we're telling them that what a person of color might go through is not valid and we're dismissing their experience. We're not teaching children that they might have certain privileges because of their skin color. And in doing so, we are making our children less socially aware and empathetic towards those who do not have the same privileges. Racism and racial discrimination also has consequences for our children's mental and physical health. So I talked about belonging and a sense of identity. But besides that, the American Association of Pediatrics has shown for the first time that actually it starts having an impact on a child even from in the womb. Because we recently heard reports of how black women and women of minorities are more likely to die in childbirth. They face healthcare inequalities. We know that. And I've done a lot of research in it, which I've included in my book that I mentioned before with Bloomsbury. And it's it's available for pre-order. It's called Sway, the Science of Unconscious Bias. And so the American Association of Pediatrics has shown that racism and racial discrimination or even seeing any kind of racial discrimination happening to others, not even directly to them, can have a huge mental and physical impact on a child's health. The stress and this anxiety can lead to release of stress hormone cortisol, which can lead to chronic health conditions. So it's important to talk to children and empower them in knowing how to deal with an unfairness associated with their skin color. But how do we do it? And I think a lot of the parents and I've, I've talked about my experience. We ignore that. We try and hide it from our children. We believe that children are getting this education at school that children have often often some of times people say I cannot be racist because I have so many friends from different communities I have black friends I have brown friends I have lots of Indian friends but that doesn't make you non-racist we sometimes do not realize when we are carrying a racial bias as I said before so 
as i said children notice differences in race from as young as 3 and start forming a sense of own group and out group so it's never too early to start talking about diversity bringing books with diverse characters into their life and actually i as i said before i actively point out these things and say oh look they've got blue eyes like somebody like your mother but they've got purple hair like somebody or brown skin like somebody you know so it's just the people are different but look this person is doing this then doesn't mean that a brown person have to act in a certain way or a black person has to act in a certain way so rather than giving the impression that talking about skin color something to be ashamed about make it normal like even if in conversations even for those who are considered white or else kids can grow up thinking that being white is a norm as i said before and we only talk about race when it's a different skin color we don't want them to have that impression so children will pick up information and if they pick up a stereotype try, try and actively dismantle it by asking questions about why they think like this and help them find information that enables them to think critically about any information that they get from media and their environment in the future rather than just believing it and absorbing it and critical thinking is such a useful life skill is such an important life skill because in the current climate when we are trying to negate the messages many harmful messages that our children can get from social media around media around them and books and magazines sometimes that can affect their sense of identity but their effect sense of body positivity and we need to develop this sense of critical thinking in them so that children can are able to judge and assess and evaluate the information they get from their environment i think one of the points that is really important to me is that race matters but it's not the only thing that matters and this is the message you want to give to our children they need to understand that we don't use skin color as an identifier or label and we should avoid doing that because sometimes it's easier to say or oh, that kid with brown skin or that brown kid in your ear or in your class because it's easier to use it as a label rather than try and use something else but even if you have to do that then why don't we use that for people who are white because we then normalize whiteness so we need to be careful when we in our own language in an or in our own words as well so children can pick up messages from news and around them and as soon as we hear these we need to actively engage with them as so that before they can build into stereotype asking them calmly where they got these messages from and why they think like that is important rather than ignoring them or actually just shushing them or criticizing them so that children don't share with you in the future i feel that we have to question actively combat and dismantle any racial messages that our children get from the environment this will as i said develop critical thinking but also this will show them that they need to stand up to any such discrimination in the future just ignoring if they see something in the playground they should have the confidence to stand up it's a difficult thing to happen and how often do we ignore these things in our workplace as well in our lives as well because it's easier to do that rather than to actively stand up in support of somebody and be an ally i think children have to be taught how to be an ally as well and that's why it's important to teach our children to value and respect differences in others no matter of gender race physical mental disability people are different and we teach them to engage on an individual personal level and look beyond the differences so while we are teaching them about their own identities and how to combat prejudice when they are the target we are also helping them develop respect acceptance and appreciation for others from backgrounds that contrast with their own and we know 
and i know from my experience parents often feel uncomfortable talking about it because we do not know often what to say and they are worried about saying the wrong thing but i will say again and again that nobody knows everything and it's our responsibility to educate ourselves and find the right vocabulary and we have to examine our own implicit biases so for all children but especially those of color who are a minority it is so important that they take pride in their racial and cultural heritage and feel comfortable in their skin and we can do this in a very positive way i think we can use race education to empower our children rather than be making them feel fearful of their place in the world so rather than them feeling scared or being stereotyped in a certain way or rather than saying oh you are brown so you might be stereotyped or you might be racially discrimination discriminated they feel scared and threatened we can help them feel confident in their own identity and that they belong completely and that they can stand up to any unfairness own it knowing about positive role models and organizations who are working to change this will make children confident that they can change things too if they really wanted to so they can see themselves as being part of the solution rather than being part of a problem history is important and i sometimes get dismayed about how little history or hist- education history education our children get at school sometimes and such a narrow colonial view of history as well we need to decolonize our cur- curriculum and we need to think about how we broaden this so i feel that children here are not taught about the colonial past the imperial past because if we don't understand our past then how are children going to have a strong sense of their present and their future reading stories with kids about how history has defined race and racial dynamics is important to make them understand where they've come from and why some of the stereotypes are what they are and i feel like some of the museums that we have around this country are so fantastic like the one in liverpool the slavery museum in london and i know that personally for me but also for my children they are great places because they can absorb whatever information they can at whatever age and you can talk to them in an appropriate way and seeing these physical evidences and photographs and documents can really make bring it to life so they're great resources when we talk about race we have to understand that we all carry some sort of privilege with us if our children understand what kind of privileges that they have that define their status in society they would learn to treat others with empathy and kindness So positive role models really matter. Children learn from their parents, carers, teachers, friends. We have to demonstrate through our actions and our words that we stand up for those that are disadvantaged. If we see or hear any act of discrimination, we need to speak out and we need to actively combat that. And it's a really courageous thing to do sometimes, but I think it's a really important to be that role model for our children. We should be very careful against blaming racism and discrimination on just some bad people or or bad behavior because in doing so we may dismiss inequality as something that's the fault of an evil few rather than a systemic and structural problem that we all need to work together to address it's not just a few bad people we can all be racist we can all have some kind of biases ingrained within us that we don't often acknowledge or realize Science of race is as important as understanding our history. History tells us how society laid down racial lines which has led to systemic and structural inequities. Science shows us that the biological understanding of race and how pseudoscience has contributed to this myth. So for instance, genetic analysis can show people from the Caribbean have Asian ancestry or African Americans have European ancestry and 
biological research has shown that all of us, no matter what our racial label or category, share ninety nine percent of point nine percent of phenotypes. So we are more similar than we are different. And its race is a social construct. So this can help children understand that how people are identified is determined by society and not always based on their genetic or biology, which can let lead them or help them understand that these racial characteristics or categories are self-defined or determined by society and they are not fixed or rigid. So that means the characteristic and a and abilities associated with certain races or stereotypes are not fixed either and it can be a huge leap in the understanding of race race and racial discrimination racial stereotypes finally i think it's really important that teachers and doctors and other healthcare workers receive adequate training to look out for and tackle racism related impact on a child's health on the mental and physical health as well because we children will face this at some point children children will get some kind of uh, comments in the playground children will see somebody else being racially discriminated against at some point whether on television or on news or it is symptomatic of how our society is right now so i think we need to talk to them actively with before they start getting these messages and it has to be an ongoing dialogue it has to be an ongoing process and this so i hope it's some of it this has been useful but as i said there's no fixed template these are some of the guiding principles but we have to as parents and educators determine and decide how we approach this what aspect of it is crucial for our children what kind of conversations we have how we bring this into their lives what kind of stories would help them and support them and how we talk to them about privilege what kind of privilege they hold and before they do that we need to understand our own privileges and our own biases as well so i hope you enjoy the episode but i would love to hear what your experiences have been how you have done this in your life how you have talked to your children about diversity and racial inequalities and how you're educating your children about race what has have you found helpful helpful but what have you found challenging as well i would love to hear your questions feel free to message me and i would leave a link for the book here and i would leave a link for some of the books uh, for my book but also from some of the other books that would help children those children spokes that i've added as a thread on twitter and i would leave a link for the bbc women's hour episode as well so looking forward to speaking to you again and hearing from you thank you for listening thank you for listening to outside the boxes you can pre-order sway the science of unconscious bias on bloomsbury.com or at amazon.co.uk alternatively you can follow the links on the show notes for this episode.